Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, all of you beautiful people. Jules here for WhatCulture.com. And you know what? Everyone's a critic, or so the saying goes. And considering the many years and thousands of man-hours that goes into developing even a mediocre game, it's easy to appreciate why so many developers end up frustrated with the feedback to their work, especially when it's not good. While fans and professional reviewers alike often have many valid reasons for taking a game to task, they may also often forget that actual people worked on them and that no matter how well they turned out, all involved were simply trying to put a fun game out into the world. Unless they were asset-flipping shovelware titans, in which case, well, they can get in the bin with the rest of their games. So today, let's stop pointing the finger and take a look at some awesome, hilarious, and sometimes very petty ways that video games got back at people who criticised them. As I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 awesome ways that video games got back at their critics. Number 10. Video game violence critics are called f***ing idiots Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Video game developers have spent decades fighting the assumption that violent video games are responsible for real-life violence, and Ubisoft Montreal decided to voice their frustration in a rather hilariously unsubtle fashion in their bonkers, ultra-violent, aggressively tongue-in-cheek Far Cry 3 spin-off, Blood Dragon. In the early stages of the game, protagonist Rex has some chit-chat with Dr. Darling, and when the subject comes to video games, Darling drops this loaded monologue. Video games are a proven coping mechanism like any hobby. They've been shown to improve hand-eye coordination, problem-solving, social interaction, and self-confidence. And no studies have managed to prove a correlation between video games and violence. Frankly, anyone who thinks that games are bad for you is a idiot. And when Rex calls Darling out, she adds that the F-word is actually an acronym for failing to understand our capacity for kindness. Mic drop. Number 9. In-game market analysis parodies reviews of the previous game, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Assassin's Creed 3 is unquestionably one of the series' most divisive games, and one of the most common complaints is that protagonist Connor made for an incredibly dull and forgettable one. Ubisoft decided to poke fun at the complaint in the fourth main game Black Flag, however, using one of Abstergo's in-game market analysis videos to throw fans' issues right back in their faces. 
pieces. The video says of its critics' and players' reactions to Connor, our researchers came away unimpressed by his calm and stoic demeanor, with occasional flashes of extreme anger. The voiceover adds that Connor ultimately wasn't the sort of leading man that Abstergo felt comfortable endorsing, while noting that researchers found his origin story problematic, given how many fans complained that the game's prologue sequence was way too long. Finally, the video drops all pretense of subtlety and implies that the broad, normal audience who complained about Connor were simply too closed-minded to the foreign story, which would only be of interest to more educated viewers. Ouch. <laughs> Number 8. The Ludo-Narrative Dissonance Trophy Mocks Violence Concerns Uncharted 4 A Thief's End one common complaint about the Uncharted games is their frequent invocation of ludonarrative dissonance, a phenomenon where a game's gameplay doesn't actually match the tone of its story. Critics argue that despite the series being mounted as a breezy Indiana Jones-esque action-adventure story starring a charming rogue by the name of Nathan Drake, that Drake is actually depicted as a mass murderer throughout the gameplay, which in the earlier games in particular forces players to kill hundreds of anonymous goons. Though Uncharted 4 A Thief's End significantly toned down the mandatory shootouts and general combat encounters, the game did nevertheless take aim at critics, with players who scored 1,000 in-game kills receiving a trophy named, you guessed it, Ludonarrative Dissonance. The game's co-creator Neil Druckmann ultimately claimed the fourth game's reduced combat was an attempt to alter the series' pacing because he didn't buy into the Ludonarrative Dissonance argument. Whether you agree with Druckmann or not, the trophy is an hilarious thumbing of the nose at those who took issue with the series' tone. Number 7. Literally Murdering Obnoxious Reviewers Borderlands 2 Mr. Talk's Campaign of Carnage DLC The Borderlands series can never be accused of taking itself too seriously, though that didn't stop developers Gearbox Software taking on snooty video game critics with the second game's DLC pack Mr. Talk's Campaign of Carnage. In the optional mission Matter of Taste, Mr. Talk tasks players with hunting down a series of obnoxious game reviewers and straight-up murder them for besmirching a number of his most beloved video games. First off, there's Buff Gamer, who says that a game he scored 6 out of 10 sucked, seemingly satirizing how so many video game critics don't use the full 1 to 10 point scale. And while Gearbox was clearly having some fun at the critics' expense, the mission does also poke fun at overzealous fans as well, who seem unable to accept any opinion contrary to their own and also place way too much importance on video game review scores. Number 6. A harsh critic of the previous game is cast as an ugly monster. Might and Magic 3 Isles of Terror 1988 RPG game Might and Magic 2 Gates to Another World received mixed to positive reviews from most critics, though landed an especially scathing review from Computer Gaming World magazine where legendarily harsh reviewer Scorpia criticized its weak plot, while also deeming it not as good as the previous game on many counts and also only for the devoted hack and slash crowd. This left designer John Van Canaheim so incensed that, for the 1991 sequel Might and Magic 3 Isles of Terror, he included an enemy in the game called Scorpia which resembled a grey-skinned, overweight woman. Scorpia was later said to be flattered by the inclusion and not taking the revenge personally, and gave Might and Magic 3 a warmly positive review, calling it a big improvement in the series. Number 5. Letting You Kill Video Game Violence Protesters Postal 2 
Apocalyptic top-down shooter Postal stirred up quite the considerable controversy upon its original 1997 release, with politician Joe Lieberman famously referring to the game as one of the three worst things in American society, with the other two being Marilyn Manson and Calvin Klein underwear commercials. Furthermore, the US Postal Service ended up suing developers running with scissors for their implied representation of the profession, despite the fact that the protagonist, known only as the Postal Dude, is never depicted as being a member of the US Postal Service. Anyway, for the 2003 sequel, the developers found a novel way to play with all the criticism that stemmed from their first game, while also managing to stir up an entirely new avalanche of controversy. Postal 2 allowed players to visit and desecrate the offices of running with scissors itself, laying waste to anyone that they found inside, but the developers weren't ever going to simply stop there and so allowed players to slaughter a fleet of protesters picketing outside the company's offices. Number 4. Pretending the bad games never happened Crash Bandicoot 4 – It's About Time Crash Bandicoot 4 received strong reviews from most of its critics, though there were nevertheless those disappointed that the game took the predictable reboot sequel route of simply wiping out all of the undesirable sequels from the continuity via timey-wimey shenanigans. But developers' toys for Bob included a hilarious gag to make light of the game's new chronology. When the Quantum Mask says to Crash and Coco, how many times have you beaten this clown when referring to Dr. Neo Cortex, to which Coco quickly replies, three. The Mask then knowingly retorts, really? Only three? Funnier. Seemed like more. Poking fun at the many other jettisoned installments between Crash 3 and Crash 4 where Crash took on Cortex. Number 3. Ribbing critics who found the first game too difficult. Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge 1990's The Secret of Monkey Island is one of the most beloved and influential adventure games and say it with me kids, of all time! Albeit one that also earned criticism from some quarters of the press who felt that the puzzles were too obscure and challenging for their own good. And so, for the sequel Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge, developer LucasArts took shot at critics who became stumped by the previous title, with the back cover including amongst the game's listed other features, optional easy mode for beginners, and magazine reviewers. This didn't stop the game receiving rave reviews though, possibly because review copies didn't come with a retail box, and today it remains one of the most popular point-and-click titles ever produced. Better still, critics generally praise the more accessible difficulty settings, so you see, everyone's a winner here. Number 2. New Dante trolls haters by teasing his old look DMC Devil May Cry It cannot be understated how thoroughly upset fans and critics alike were when Capcom confirmed that not only was the fifth main Devil May Cry game a reboot, but that protagonist Dante had been redesigned, with an edgier style that was cynically intended to make the franchise more appealing to younger players. An evidently frustrated Capcom decided to make fun of the relentless complainers within the game itself by featuring an outrageously inflammatory and some might say misguided cutscene where the new emo Dante ends up with a classic Dante-esque silver wig flung on top of his head during a boss fight at a carnival. After pausing for a moment, Dante literally stares down the camera and says, not in a million years, before ripping off the wig and getting back to business. Now, Given that DMC was actually a totally solid game on its own merits, this was certainly a justifiable, if rather ballsy way to fire shots at the pre-release complaints. But that being said, the critics pretty much got the last laugh here though, because the poor commercial failure of DMC led to the return of the classic Dante that we all knew and love in Devil May Cry 5. And number one, a snob critic is one of the game's bosses, Psychonauts. Though cult classic platformer Psychonauts received rave reviews from most critics, Double Fine founder Tim Schafer is no stranger to clapping back at his critics. Having worked as one of the lead designers of the aforementioned Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge, and also the brilliant but divisive
massive Grim Fandango. Grim Fandango was lauded for its art style and atmosphere, but also criticized by many for its off-kilter puzzles, which some deemed more frustrating than actually smart. Seemingly as a retort to this, Psychonauts, which was Schaefer's very next game, featured a boss by the name of Jasper Rolls, a snooty critic who lives within the mind of actress Gloria von Guten. During the fight, Rolls throws out stereotypically hollow critical adjectives like tedious, monotonous, and just plain bad. In a genius added flourish though, Jasper doesn't die when you defeat him, but simply shrinks down to such a small size that his squeaky voice is imperceptible to Gloria and everyone else. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.